Hi guys, it's me, Matthew. I'm the host of Only Posers Don't Listen to Podcast, and I'm here uh, with uh, Kyle, my co-host. Hey everyone. And we have a really special uh, episode for you today. Uh, in my opinion, probably one of the biggest guests we've ever had. Um, we have, uh, it's Jeremy Andrew Hunter, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is it? Um, they are famously known for the, you are, I, I assume, the founder and creator of Scott 2 Network? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. That is this awesome YouTube page and is also has several me- uh, social media platforms where you mostly do, I guess, uh, ska covers and other, like, your your own music as well. But it's more than that, really, in my opinion, especially. It's, like, you have a lot of hilarious memes that you share and there's just, like, an overall discussion of ska music and under- underground music in general, I guess, you know, in a lot of ways. And I think you do a really fun job of, like, kind of educating people about the music, too. I try my best to. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's incredibly entertaining. Mm-hmm. First of all, the the whole page and anybody that hasn't checked out Scott's U Network, I don't know where you're living under a rock or something, yeah. but <laughs> it, it's it, it's a really really entertaining page, really really f- fun stuff. I really look forward to it on like almost a daily basis. I feel yeah. like, you know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, where did you like? I guess to start off, um, I mean. I also want to mention that you play uh, trum- trombone in um, We Are The Union, correct? Yes. Uh, excellent band also. Mm-hmm. So you're like a, mu- a full musician in every way, I guess, you know? Yes, I studied <laughs> in, in school and everything. Wait, I mean, it, it's overly amazing. Uh, I guess the first, my first question is like, where did you come up with the idea for Cartoon Network? I mean, for Cartoon Network, Scott Cartoon Network. Um... So I kind of just started making it, it was like three years ago or uh, over three years ago at this point, um, where I was like, it was Christmas, literally Christmas day, 2016. I posted a status on Facebook saying, if this gets one like, I'll do a, a Scott cover of a Christmas song. And then I liked the status. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great yeah, story. Awesome. I love that. So about three years, you've only been doing it. Yeah, I started it in, yeah, 2016, uh, December 25th, 2016. So basically, like, the new year is more or less, like, when, you know, like, the anniversary is. Christmas Day, to, to, I guess, specifically. I didn't start the channel until, like, January 2nd or 3rd of 2000, uh, 2017, which wow. is, like, very shortly after, like. Wow, okay, because I thought I was a little late to the game when I originally heard about the project, I had my first introduction to anything Scott Toon yeah. Network related was I saw the uh, the uh, Airbender uh, skit where it was oh, like yeah. a Scott Bender and I yeah. laughed for, I must have watched that like a million times, <laughs> you know? It was yeah that one that was like right when I initially for the first time popped off because the video before that or like two videos before that was the me channel cover and that was my first cover that like went viral viral and got me like I don't know twenty thousand subscribers and I started making just enough to like stop working my job so so wow. yeah you caught me like right when it actually became like my full time thing oh wow okay that's awesome. well that's interesting because I, I remember the first thing. 
I saw was the name that I connected with. Mm. It wasn't even yeah. it wasn't even the uh, what the video was that was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I saw the name, and that's my next question. What made you think of that name? Because I love it so much. <laughs> so like. I was trying to think of a name of the channel and my old Tumblr blogs. This goes back to like Tumblr now, uh, years, years and years ago. Uh, it used, it used to be named something else. And then I changed it to Scott's network, but it was like T O O N. Mm. And I did that because the cartoon network logo is checkerboard. So I was like, yeah. Oh, it's like Scott. Super so Scott. I, I mean, I, I was raised on a lot of like, you know, cartoon network and Nickelodeon Scott without realizing, yeah. you know, yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely, like, children's mediums of, like, in, of, of animation is definitely a big doorway that people don't realize. And there's a lot of new cartoons that are using ska. I don't think anyone has noticed because, like, no one's really watching them now. Some but, of like, your ska, if I'm not mistaken, right? What happened? Some of your ska. You've, you've worked on some uh, cartoon projects yourself, right? Yeah, I recorded for the Steven Universe movie. I didn't, like, write any of that, but I did record. Like, if you, like, watch the movie and hear any brass, that was me playing. That's Oh, wow, that's um, remarkable. For the most part. Yeah, and then I don't know if you're aware, but there's a show on Cartoon Network called Craig of the Creek, and Jeff Rosenstock writes all the music for that yes. show. Yeah, and it's a really great show. It's awesome. Yeah. I think it's doing really, really well right now. I mean, Cartoon Network loves it, and like they typically don't treat their shows super well. Mm. <laughs> like when they're doing well, so the fact that they're like giving this show like very good airing is like, yeah. I think, a good sign. Um, but anyway, yeah, when I was trying to think of the name for the channel, I had so many, like, names that were ideas, but none of them were, like, catchy. And then I was like, let me just use my handle for everything. But then the question was, do I change it to, like, T-U-N-E or keep it T-O-O-N? And then I was like, I'll do the T-U-N-E because it's kind of like a double pun. It's yeah. like a ska pun. Yeah, and totally. I'm so... I'm, network of ska tunes. I think it's, <laughs> it's a solid name through and through, like, every part of yeah. it. I'm really glad that you dissect it like that. Thank you so much. Because that's literally what I wanted, yeah. wanted to know because I was thinking about the spelling, yeah. too. Um, what is it? it? It's, like, you mentioned just a little bit before how, like, the video that I came across was kind of when you, you felt like you kind of uh, got... The channel got recognized in a lot of ways. Was that, like... Um, did it feel like a night and day kind of situation? Is there like, is there any kind of strategy to your social media platform? Like, do you attack it in a certain way where you felt that maybe this would be the best way to go about it with the project? When I started, absolutely not. Um, it was just, and I like to, to a degree, I can still kind of say like, I don't, I have some things that are intentional now because I know that they're like good ideas. Mm. Um, but for the most part, I kind of just do what I want to do. And as long as I have the support, like, system that keeps me afloat, then I know I'm fine. Because I feel like with a lot of people, especially people who do covers on YouTube, they always want to do, like, what's popular and what's huge. And, like, you know, like, a song will go viral, and then a day later you'll see a bunch of people covering it. And I kind of just cover what I want to cover. And... And then I also like cover requests via Patreon, which Patreon's a huge way that I've made a solid income. Mm. Uh, but I guess it's between that, like people really have told me they enjoy that I don't do like big stuff and I'm hitting markets. Like no one would ever expect to hear, you know, some of the covers that I've done. And I think that's where a lot of the of the success has come from. Well, that's what I love about so much what you're doing is that you're making scum possible to ignore now. I mean, I think that broadly like enough people at least in like you know punk communities and stuff will 
at least be like, oh yeah, Scott Jr. That name's at least familiar, you know? And it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah whenever I go to shows that aren't like in Florida, because like everyone kind of knows me in Florida, because like, like I live in Gainesville, so I drive to Orlando, to Jacksonville, to Tallahassee. I used to live in South Florida. So pretty much everywhere but Tampa, I've gone to shows pretty a lot. So people yeah. like, know me. But whenever I go to shows anywhere else, like, especially as of lately, I get like a bunch of people come up to me. Are you Scotty Network? <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, I mean, it's it's just funny. I mean, this goes into a later question I had have, but like, I just feel like, especially ska music, other than other genres of music, it feels like it takes an individual to kind of push the genre yeah. a little more. And and I and I felt that like we're from New Jersey. So I grew up, I'm 35, I grew up watching Catch-22 develop and watch uh, Tom go and start uh, Streetlight and all these other projects that were very, that became very successful. And I felt like he was pushing that. And then I also, you you mentioned uh, Jeff Rosenstock. Um, like I felt like that with some of his earlier music, um, yeah. Bombing yeah. Music Industry and stuff like that. And I feel like in a lot of ways you've taken those reins. And right. and and in a lot of ways, for a lot of people, you're their new introduction to this kind of fringe, kind of fun style of music that a lot of people don't even know exists. Yeah. And I mean, right. like, how do how do you feel about having such an influence over that style? Um, it feels it feels interesting. I'm glad that it, I'm a a person that I guess is very well versed in the genre, like. Like, people will send me messages like, have you ever heard of Mustard Plug? And I'm like, I can't tell if this is, like, a joke. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So obscure to, like, the average ska person. So, like, I'm glad that, like, I've probably heard of every single band that's formed over five years ago. And I'm able to, like, use my platform to be like, all right, well, check out these bands. Like, you know, this exists. These are the bands that are doing stuff now. Like, this is like, you know, more than just the same five bands that everyone talks about for yeah. the rest of the time, you know? Yeah, I like that you pointed that out right there, the, the same five bands. Like, I, I feel like a lot of underground music, especially, especially ska, gets kind of like, oh, it's like, it's this band, it's Real Big Fish, or that's it. Right. Like, I don't know what you're talking about yeah. otherwise. And, and it's nice to have some... Of a, a, a channel that is so versed, and like I pointed out earlier, one of the other videos I really enjoyed was the history of like kind of ska. It was animated, I believe. That, oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. The history light of ska band, and I kind of went back into the history of the genre. Yeah, it was an amazing yeah, video. Awesome. If if any of the listeners haven't seen it, you definitely want to check that video out. It, it's really informative, and I think that that's a really, really good attitude to have about the music. Uh, is like I'm not the beginning or I'm not the new thing. They're like, here, check it out. Yeah, you know, right. And um, it it just really, really shows your dedication to the music in it in its whole. And my, I guess my next question really is like, what got you into the music or this style of music particularly? It was definitely the Digimon movie because Less Than Jake was on that soundtrack, and I believe the Mighty Mighty Boston were also on that soundtrack. And I remember being at the the age, because I was born in 95, so I'm kind of at the age where, like, anyone younger than me has no idea what ska is, because it just hasn't been, like, relevant in, like, media. Mm. And then the stuff I remember is, like, 
either like I guess the Digimon movie was the only thing that was aimed for kids when I was a kid. But then <laughs> yeah. I, I I remember like you know like we're all dudes from uh like good like what's it called a uh, good burger. Good burger. But, like I feel like. I feel like I remember things that most people my age don't remember because like none of my friends my age get that like get know what Good Burger, Keenan and Kel is, and really? they don't remember like all of the older stuff. So I think I think it's just that like I got into it through like the Digimon movie, and I remember being in eighth grade like, oh like I guess I'm starting to become my own person. Like where do I find <laughs> music I want to listen to? And then I was like, I remember that one scene in the Digimon movie where there are horns over punk. I like that, and yeah. so I downloaded the soundtrack, and that's how I found. Yeah, yeah, I just looked it up. And it was both Lester Dick and the Boston's were in this uh, soundtrack. That's such yeah. an awesome answer. I, sweet. I love that yeah. movie. So, like, I remember watching it as a kid. Oh wow, that's yeah. such a funny answer. <laughs> um, I mean, okay. Wh- I, I guess my next question is, what are some of your favorite artists of all time, or or even currently? That's such a hard. Uh, <laughs> Well, let's start with currently. Like, what what's some of your favorite artists currently going on? Do you have, like, maybe, like, two or three you could suggest? Yeah, so currently I've been listening to a whole lot of... There's this band. They're, like, a smaller band out of a DC right now called Bad Moves. And I actually found them out recently, like, about a year ago, because they were on. They were featured on the show Craig of the Creek that Jeff Rosenstock does the music for no and turns out they actually toured with Jeff Rosenstock a year before that so I'm pretty sure that's how that connection happened <laughs> okay um, but it's like kind of power poppy like kind of emo like very very catchy um, that's been a huge inspiration for songwriting for me especially um, Bad Moves so another band is like Kill Lincoln shout out is, <laughs> love Kill Lincoln know, also from DC I guess DC breeds a lot of good bands mm. um, but Kill Lincoln's another band that I've really really been i've always been into that band they've been like one of my favorites me too a long time but as of recently i've really been like listening through good riddance and uh that's cool both of their records uh their last two records like a lot recently and like realizing like dang there's so much energy in this band that i've to me has just been unmatched by any other like band Mm. and i'm like so excited for their new music um and uh, I guess, what's another band? There's a band called Illuminati Hotties that I've also really been listening to. They're from LA. Interesting. And it's like indie, kind of indie punk with like a surfy vibe to it. That's been another huge inspiration for me as well recently. You posted them, I think. Uh, have you seen them live? No. Yes. Yeah, yes, I was yes. going to say, I think you... Yeah, they, they were sounding good. I checked that out. Yeah. They also all love ska. That's a thing I love because I like... I feel like 10 years ago, if you said the word sky, you would get shamed. Oh, oh no, seriously, hardcore. I, people make yeah. fun of me all the time. Yeah, it still goes on, but I mean, thanks to efforts like your projects and other people, like, what what really stuck with me, you posted a meme, like, very recently about, like, the, the goings-on of, like, what it's going to take for, like, the real fourth wave to really we, we come in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I, one thing that stuck out was, like, Scott's not this silly, like, slapstick uh, genre anymore where it's like, you know, fart jokes and stuff. It's starting to become like a serious tone again while still being like broadly lighthearted, but it's not like this meme, like, oh, you like Scott, that's cute, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I would even argue that the genre never even was, I mean, outside of Orange, because Orange County is like its own dimension, but like outside of Orange County, I feel like Scott was, I always think about this and like, I, and one day I might actually sit down and do the video of, like, 
the regions in the U.S. and the type of bands they produce, because I've kind of noticed, like one day I was on a Twitter, like not rant, but just talking about it on Twitter, and I noticed that all of the ska bands from Boston have this very specific sound. Like, they don't use trumpets. Mm. Like big, And then when they do use trumpet, it's very far back. Like Big D and the Kids Table, yeah. they have a trumpet sometimes, but like, it's not... It's not like taking over the section the way Rubik Fish does and all the Orange County bands. And then, like, Suicide Machine, We Are the Union, Mustard Plug, like, that Midwest sound is, like, so distinguishable, even though those bands sound different. And, yeah. like, I don't know. That's, like, something I want to explore more. Um, but, like, outside of Orange County, you look at, like, the, the mm -hmm. Bay Area and, like, the Midwest and Florida and all the bands, and it's, like, no one was really doing the really slapstick, gimmicky corny it was really just like the aquabats and rubik fish right. they did it great for what they were doing but then it's like the millions of bands copied them you know that, right. that's the problem that happened that i think that's a really really good you couldn't have put that better yeah i i think it, it's it's weird because i'm from new jersey and when i went to high school there was a predominant punk hardcore and ska band out of my high school like in the right. new jersey area and uh eventually that project all those projects boiled down to what is awful waffle um who i right. grew, i grew up with all, all those guys um uh, who are actually reuniting this summer uh we, nice. yeah we set up the uh reunion um me and kyle so uh kill lincoln is playing one of uh what is it that night with with, oh, awesome. with them in New Jersey, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's going to be in August uh, in Asbury Park Brewery. We'd love to have you by. Yeah, if you if you're if you're in the what's, New Jersey area, wait, what's the date? Uh, I'm sorry. What's the date? We'll tell you after recording. We're not allowed to disclose. I can't. Yet. Yeah, I can't I announce the. Yeah. yeah, I can't <laughs> announce the date yet, but I'll tell you after the recording. Yeah. Uh, what is it? What I can say in the recording is that Kill Lincoln will be at that event. It will be in August, uh, the end of August, uh, or no, like, yeah, August, uh, at, at the Asbury Park Brewery. Uh, okay. what, but, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, we'll let you know the date after that. If you're in the New Jersey area, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll get you in. Don't don't worry about it. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah, no, um, it would be a pleasure. Um, but, uh, yeah, what is it? I grew up with them, and they were, I felt like, Growing up with them, they just didn't fit that quota of what people thought is goofy, silly ska, mm. and uh, they yeah. to they totally were kind of like weird, dangerous kind of punk in a way, mm. like their attitude and the way they approach things. And I I always was upset that they didn't get that recognition. So it's really nice yeah. and refreshing to hear someone say that. Yeah, no, it's definitely a huge thing. It's the thing I think about all the time, especially because like you know just doing what I'm doing and people always say things like I don't like ska but I like what you do and it's like you, then you like ska right. you just don't <laughs> like the one type of ska that you've heard that's like not not representative of the whole genre right. which like sucks that and, I, and like I have a lot of theories about that too I think a big part of it is when you look at the bands that tour like when they went on tour throughout the last 15-20 years Look at the bands who are playing all ages spaces. Look at the bands that weren't just playing like bars that obviously younger kids can't go to. Right. And your answer is real big fish. Yeah. And so if you're like 15, 16 getting into ska and you want to see bands live, like, I, like you know, like a 16 year old can't go out to a bar. They're not even going to find out about those types of shows. Mm. But like real big fish's marketing has always kind of been general, like to everybody. Right. And they've always played venues that, you know, is all ages and everyone can go to. So I feel like if we had more bands that were dedicating towards not just playing, and I, and I remember being 15, 16, like, trying to, because I booked that in all ages, like, DIY spot, 
and finding out from like the Miami ska scene that they were like online like talking shit about the the, the venue I book at saying things like they don't pay bands, which is a lie. And they were saying, like, why would anyone want to play anywhere where there's no alcohol? And I'm like, well, th- don't complain about the younger kids not knowing about the music right. when you're literally pushing us away. Like, no, so you're, I think that's a huge problem with uh, with Scott. I've even had that ignorant thought myself. You know, like, I, I recently, we did an interview with a DIY venue in uh, a little, like, so- like, the beginning of South Jersey. And when I was, and they do five shows a night, yeah. really successful shows, do all these things. No bar, no, you know, it's just a DIY uh, little venue. And I remember saying to them during the interview, I'm like, you guys are the definition of proving that like punk rock is not bar culture, right? you know? Yes. And I always felt like, oh, well, how, cause I, I, you know, I've dated girls that work in venues. I, I have a lot of friends that work in the, in that industry. And I do feel, I understand their struggle as a, as a business to try to Absolutely. try to keep the place open. And I understand that that bar is where they make their money. And really the other, the door and everything is kind of paying for, you know, the, the show to happen. But yeah. at the same time, there are ways around it. And it's just about being smart and being creative. And like, they definitely do that at, uh, what is it? The clubhouse of Tom's river that our DIY spot, uh, around yeah. here. Yeah. And it is, it's super encouraging. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, there's a balance. Like, there's some bands that obviously, like, where the union struggles with this because we're not big enough yet to do, mm-hmm. like, you know, we can't just play huge venues and demand it be all ages. Because, like, venues will do things like, well, if we're going to make it all ages, we have to add another, like, I don't know, $800 to pay security. And right. I'm like, you better be paying them $30 an hour for two people to stand here, which I know you're not. You don't, yeah. like, and, then, and it makes it hard because their fear is, like, not as many people will drink so we'll make less money but it's like it's more people are just gonna show up no one's gonna be 21 and up and be like oh that's all ages i'm not gonna go like, right. I think most people don't even like notice or care if it's like a bar that has a lot of people go so like that's a logic i don't understand yeah. um it, it, it's just it's it's always hard to convince people that their their end goal is money when uh, for us, our end goal is like playing music. <laughs> you know? yeah. Our end goal is getting yeah. off Wobble to reunite. Yeah, like see, like <laughs> I, like I, yeah, exactly. Like doing this whole project, everyone's like, "Well, what about your cut?" And I'm like, "I don't care." <laughs> you know, like just yeah, right? and it's so funny to think that they think I care. Mm. Um, but I understand from their standpoint because it is their livelihood. You know, for yeah. some of them. Yeah. Um, I guess more on to the topic. Do you like what are you, some of your future plans for uh, Scott Two Network? Future plans for Scott Two Network. So right now I'm re-recording a few old songs to upload to Spotify. That's kind of been a big a big goal. Like people always ask me, like, when's your stuff going up on streaming? Which I have one record up, but that was a record label uh, commissioned me to. And worked with me to like make this uh, anniversary Scott cover record of like emo bands, and which is really great because now a bunch of emo people are getting into Scott via like that um, as counterintuitive <laughs> records. And that record's up. That's the only thing up because like licensing is a lot. And like right. I, I'm a person that likes like I like uh, packages and like products. So like yeah. I don't want to just upload the covers. Like I want art to be made. Cause, like people look at art and that's important yeah and i want it to be like right at least right enough like it's not going to be perfect so i'm producing everything in my room by myself but like but that's the know, amazing like, part <laughs> yeah but i want it all to be like you know together and then it costs money both to pay someone to make the art 
cost money to clear the licensing uh, for these covers because I can't just upload stuff unless I want to risk getting sued for a quarter million. Right. Um, wow. And yeah, yeah. If you if you upload like just anything to make revenue off of it and not because people always tell me like it costs my band twenty dollars to get our music up. Like why don't you do it? And I'm like because you own the rights to your music. Mm. Well, they probably don't, but like no one. <laughs> It's very true. Like a second. And like they'll they'll sue me for that much for like the few ten dollars I made off of revenue in the year or whatever it is. Yeah. So like you know, it's it's a whole process and that that goes for like live shows too. Like uh we definitely have plans to play a lot more live shows, but again it's like playing a live show is a lot. It's like we're not like a band like that is, you know, oh come play this place, all right, well let me just get my band who all lives near me. Like Reed lives in LA, Brent lives in LA or Orange County. Uh, Brandon lives in Detroit with with Ricky, and then Denny or Barry Sax player lives in like South Texas, like two hours south of San Antonio. Matt, our trumpet player, lives in New York. Like so, everyone's spread out, and like wow. that's the same with we're in the union. We we all fly in to play shows, and like with careful planning, it can be done. But like people hit me up like, hey, we have this show in a week. Can Scout Two Network play? And it's like we we can't just do that. Like we're not a regular band. We're like well, I call us an E band. <laughs> that's a great that's a name great excellent at naming things <laughs> like uh, uh but, but so yeah it's just a process everything's a process like doing things the way i am now and i feel like once the ball gets rolling and moving everything will start happening a lot faster because i have a lot of uh original music that i've been demoing and writing um that i want to put out i have I also want to put out a, a Scouts Network original record of things that people commissioned me to write, uh, which I'm basically hitting everyone up and asking their permission to do that. Um, and then re-recording old commissions that sound like garbage for that as well. But that'll be cool, like content of songs that are, you know, original, quote-unquote, for people that that want to hear more from me than just my covers, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's amazing to hear. I'm super excited for all of that stuff. And when you, when that time comes and you're ready to do stuff in New Jersey or tour or whatever, we'd be happy to help you set something up in New Jersey. Um, we, we do, we've been doing shows for the past year as a podcast and uh, been getting a little better at it and have yeah. a, a few ins with a, a few venues in the area. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I have a I have a side project that's like a demo band as well. I'm trying to book a tour this summer if timing permits. So I definitely keep y'all in mind. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm aware. I'm you know I'm like I said, I'm a huge fan. I I'm very aware of uh, many of your projects, and I would be very excited to to book any of your projects. Thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really inspiring and cool and fun. And I think that part of, for me, the biggest inspiration I see in people is the drive. Yeah. The fact that they're taking their time to go and execute all of this. You, you mentioned just earlier, you're doing all of this from your bedroom. This, that's, that's overly encouraging, yeah. you know. And I, and I really appreciate it um, as a fan of the overall music. Because I try to do, I try to execute it in the same way here in New Jersey. Like I try to involve myself in the community and I try to educate people as much as I can. I don't have the same scope as you, but uh, I, 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 I enjoy what, what you do at overall because it is so informative and fun, you know? Yeah. yeah. 
thank you so much. Yeah, it d- definitely is a lot of work. Sometimes I'm like sitting here and I'm just like, I'm doing so much work. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. really is. Yeah. It's a, like, I feel like I do just a, a, a small um, fraction of what some people I look up to do. And I really think to myself, wow, this is a lot of work. Yeah. And I'm like, well, it's not anything compared to what they must be yeah. doing, you know, because they're dealing with like these much bigger projects yeah. with other components. Like you mentioned, um, uh, what is it, the Steven Universe project? You know, I couldn't even imagine working with, you know, Cartoon Network and doing something at that scope where you're, you have all these people that rely on you to do things in a timely fashion, you know? Yeah. It's, it's definitely a lot, especially with, like, the, the Cartoon Network stuff and, like, getting on, like, bigger, like, I did a, uh, a commission with Polygon, the YouTube, or, I don't even know, website, I don't even exactly realize how massive Polygon is. Oh, um, the, the gaming, uh, network, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Yeah, because at first I thought, because people hit me up for commissions, and, like, I'm just like, yeah, sure, I, like, I don't even look into, like, I'll look at them, like, okay, this person has, like, a good amount of followers, that's cool. Okay. Um, and then I didn't realize it was, like, What's his name? Brian, who does uh the un- the Unraveled series? Okay. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the, the video had like millions of views on like the actual first day it was uploaded. So I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. this is this is a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's. I didn't realize. Uh, awesome. But so doing those types of projects and like working with people who are like you know have their stuff together, um, is definitely like really really cool and like like I've always wanted to go into like like music for writing in general. So this has been good like training as far as also like just good networking in general to do that type of stuff right that that it's really yeah the drive is o- over uh here's another uh, big question i want to have you ever thought about starting your own podcast yes oh my goodness oh my goodness yes i've thought about that so much because i i know it's something it's like making a video without the video side of it <laughs> uh so like it's definitely something i've thought about doing um, and I have ideas of what the podcasts would be. I've thought about starting multiple podcasts, which I think I could do, especially if I'm going to be touring a lot. It's something that I can record while on the road because my whole studio is portable. I can actually take everything with me except wow. for my monitors and my and my computer, but I have my laptop, so I can pretty much take my all my recording gear with me at least. Um, and yes, I've thought about doing that. I've thought about various ones about ska, about music in general, about touring. Um, I had an idea about uh, Waffle House horror stories because I worked at Waffle House for two years. What? There's definitely enough content for a few seasons of that that I could talk about. What? Enough content for a few seasons? Well, give us a taste. What happened? Give us a taste. What's one of your... Oh, my goodness. All right. So, I guess I'll talk about... uh, Well, first off, do you like Waffle House? I love it. Yes, I've enjoyed Waffle House before. This might... This might ruin it for you. Are you ready for this? I'm okay with that. I'm never going to eat at a Waffle House again, so it's, <laughs> it's perfectly fine. All right. So, so all right. So here's the because like people always say like, well, well, yeah, it's gross. It's Waffle House, and I'm like, no, you don't know. And they're like, yeah, I do, and I'm like, no. And so after I tell them, like most of the time, they're like, oh yeah, I, I guess I didn't know. Oh my god. Um. So I was a I started as a server, um, and I was serving for a little bit. Uh, I was still serving the whole time I was there, not even for a little bit. But I learned how to cook because cooking there is throwing something on a grill until it's done, and then you take it off. It's pretty yeah. easy. Um, <laughs> and you make good money doing it. Like I was making twelve fifty an hour to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, 
So I became a cook, and I would pick up ships cooking or serving, and then I was also hosting. I was doing everything, pretty much. And I had a cooking shift one day, and I noticed the freezer or the fridge where all the food was in the front smelled kind of bad. And so I, like, cleaned it out, and the smell didn't go away. So I was like, what is this smell? And all of my managers were like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't smell anything. All the cooks were like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't smell anything. So I was like, all right. I guess I'm just going crazy. And I kept asking everyone, like, does, does no one smell this? And then one of the cooks eventually, like, on a ship where there was no manager, he's like, all right, I don't care about this job. I actually hate this place, so I'll tell you. Um, the freezer had gone out one night. So, like, the, the way it works is, like, the manager will come at 6, 6 a.m. and then leave at, like, 3 p.m. or 4 p.m., depending on how busy it was. And so all that time, there's no manager on duty, so the back is locked up so no one can get back there. Apparently, the freezer had gone out at, like, 6 p.m., after the manager had left and no no one came in until 12 hours later at 6 a.m and when the manager went back there to like get ready for the shift he was like oh the freezer's been out for 12 hours it's literally warm in here and there were thousands of dollars of meat back there and so they have to call like Walt does everything in-house so they don't hire external and like people to come fix stuff they have their own mechanics that work and operate throughout wherever the regions are and so they had to get the mechanic to drive this big truck from Orlando to South Florida, which took four hours. And so by the time he got there and fixed the freezer, it was out for almost 24 hours at that point. Um, what? So all of that meat, like you can't leave like chicken unrefrigerated. No. Was, like, <laughs> I used to be a cook for a very long time. <laughs> like, it, no. it, was, like, it was well thawed and like warm. Like it wasn't like cold in there still. Like, um, and all the meat went bad. And so then you have like, the unit manager who's over that store you have the district who's over two or three stores you have the area who's over like nine or ten stores and you have the regional manager who's over every store orlando south and it was his decision that they didn't want to waste six thousand dollars of meat so they told all of the head cooks keep selling it till someone says something no no, I'm so glad. Oh my god, I'm never yeah, eating anywhere. I'm gonna keep eating there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I was like, I need to quit this job. Um, and yeah, that was in that was in May, and I left in December, and we were still selling that meat because it was so backed up. No, six thousand dollars is nothing because that the person who said that makes a quarter million on salary. So I mean, if I was in his position, I would be like, well, that's nothing compared to my salary so let me just take the l and i'll pay the six thousand right. out of my money being a decent person but like no they, they were greedy so like uh, they, wow they like rotten meat and it smelled really bad up until i like quit like seven months later so wow. that's just one of the many horror stories of- wow that was the beginner bro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like kyle like that was that was that was the starter was story a, a little spoonful of just what the fuck Oh my! Well, you know, it's funny because I just like I re I recently have been going through like uh, these medical things, and I I had to change my diet, uh, and like I I, I want to get to uh, used to do a cooking show too. Uh, do you still like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, are you planning on doing more of that? Yeah. So the problem with the cooking show is it, it it's a lot. Um, it just yeah, it is two to three weeks to make an episode. Um. The last episode I made was half the length of a normal one because it just was less to talk about. Um, and that one even still took like one and a half weeks. Wow. And it's just, I haven't had free time since June. 
because I overbooked myself over the summer and I felt that effect up through November. Um, and we had all the live shows at the end of the year that we did, we did like three. And so it was just a lot. And, um, now I'm kind of like getting, like I, I messaged you, like we were supposed to do this a little earlier, but I was like, oh, I'm busy recording because I'm trying to get ahead. I picked up a tour. I'm doing a tour at the end of March. And um, so I'm trying to get like two months ahead on all of my content, which I'm almost there. So I don't have to focus on making covers and I can just like start doing like the upbeat eats more. I want to do like at least like either the upbeat eats or the punk rock music theory like once a month. Wow. And then and i alternate between the two but it's the the name of the game is i don't want to sacrifice the covers i don't want to start uploading like less covers like totally understandable i just i very much enjoyed it i I was vegan for six years i had some medical issues and i had to switch my diet and i'm about to go back to that diet and i'm very excited to go back and like what you just told me is exactly the reasons why i just enjoyed my vegan diet is because yeah. it just li- eliminated certain places yeah. from eating there like there was <laughs> yeah. no option i'm not eating at this place you know and i'm yeah, okay yeah. with that because those places are horrible and no one should eat there <laughs> right and i always like I, anytime people would tell me horror stories i'd be like no it's not in the, the, the book for me i don't have to worry about that that's not my problem anymore yeah right Right? Yeah, I, I, I the same exact way. So and it was always my favorite part about it when, it, like, <laughs> I was like, "You can make fun of me about anything, but I don't have to worry about that." Like, <laughs> people would like. I remember there was like a chicken sandwich thing where people were getting sick from some chicken sandwich at Popeyes or something. Oh no, yeah, they yeah, made yeah. their they made their own chicken sandwich and people were losing it because apparently oh. it was awesome. Well, all I know is people were like murdering each other <laughs> over a chicken sandwich, and I was like, "Not my problem." <laughs> I was like, "I can opt out from this problem in the news." Yeah. Um, okay, a little more on to uh, the ska subject. Uh, what is it? We we are familiar. What is it? There's a bunch of bands in our area, and I've actually even heard you shout out some of these bands uh, on the channel before. Um, what is it? Public Serpents, uh, Fat Chance, The Upfucks. Uh, we just mentioned Awful Waffle before. Thirsty Guys. Uh, yeah, Be- yeah. Best of the Worst. Oh yeah, I love them. Um, what is it? I actually, um, Garrett is my boss and longtime friend. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we grew up together. Uh, he was also in Awful Waffle, and uh, we also work together every day. He's my boss. Right. Yeah. Uh, That's he, awesome. Yeah, he mentioned uh, he wanted me to tell you hello. <laughs> oh, tell him I said hello next time you see him. Yeah, I will see yeah. him tomorrow. <laughs> but so funny with the how I found out about the best of the worst specifically. Um, is that they were on tour in 2012. So I was a senior in high school, and uh, someone was, I was putting on a house show. So someone hit me up saying, hey, this, these two bands need a place to play on this day. Can they just hop on your house show? And I was like, well, it's already six bands long, which is even for me too long. Definitely. Um, and then and then they said it was uh, a band from Tallahassee called Chill Monkey Brains and the Best of the Worst. And so I listened to both of them, and I was like, oh, I really like this. Okay, cool, yeah. And so I met them because they, like, played in my backyard. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's insane. That's insane. Uh, that's, it's, and I love that, that connection right here that we're discussing. Like, if you're involved in this music, you're, like, three, maybe two steps away from all the people you like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. because they're all, they all know someone, you know, yeah. because you're involved in it, you know? And I, I think that makes it a little more, I always feel bad for people that spend like $56 to like sit on the lawn hundreds of feet right. away from a, an artist they love 
and, and yeah. like I spend five dollars and I shake their hand yeah, and talk I, to I them at the merch pit table, you know? Yeah. yeah, right. Even now, like we're having this interview with you, like you all, you know, we communicated online. You, you're you, you were really nice enough to take the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us, and we really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much. Now, thank you. Yeah, I guess. Uh, what is it? Just to wrap up our total uh, interview, I guess that my really my last question was: we were discussing like the fourth wave of ska. Uh, I, I, you've pointed this out several times uh, through like memes and different uh, uh, ways. Like, what? How would you best explain the fourth wave of ska, and what can we do to help? <laughs> um. So. So I kind of, like, have this thing about the term, like, whenever I'm making memes, I just put, like, the fourth wave, because, like, it's the easiest way to put it, but also, like, I don't, I feel like the the idea of the waves is just centered around, like, popularity, and I think with the way, and I could talk about this for days, but I'm trying to condense it as much as I can, I think with the way that, like, that way that the world we live in now is so different, we're, like, mainstream stuff isn't streamlined everyone's not into everything the way they used to be like you know 20 years ago because of the internet so if like skyver blows up again i don't even think it's ever going to be at the level that people expected because like oh the third wave was like this so when the next time it blows up like this it'll be the fourth wave but like, we live in a different world like the internet's completely different right. the amount of your dollars worth is completely different like people aren't watching tv anymore people are on netflix or hulu or whatever what they want to watch so like I feel like I feel like where Scott is right now, it's already in such a good place, yeah. and is doing like a lot of bands are doing so much more than ever before. And I think right now it's literally just missing like the public attention, which like kind of wraps back into that that meme I had made where it's like the three books, and it's like mm-hmm. one of them is like the, the hardworking bands, like you know we have like Bad Time Records, which I think is has been is the most vital thing we've needed. Oh, absolutely. You know? Like, there's been no one to unify all of the bands that are truly working hard. Because, like, there's a difference between, like, the ska band that has been around for 15 years that only plays this bar for whenever a bigger band's on tour three times a year, and then a band like Kill Lincoln. You know? Like, Kill Lincoln's grinding, and, like, they have the image, they have the songs, they're constantly recording new records. They're in in touch, they're not out of touch, you know? Like, some bands are just really out of touch with everything and DIY. And Kill Lincoln's like the opposite of that. So bands like Kill Lincoln and Cat Bite is another great example. Like Cat Bite's not even two years old, and look at how much they've accomplished oh, yeah. as a band. Like way more than so many bands that I know. But Stellar like people too. Yeah, one really they just they people. just played New Jersey recently. I missed the show, but Kyle went, and yeah. uh, he said it was amazing. I really wish I could have seen them, but I couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, they. I mean, if there was a third person that helped us with this project of getting off a waffle together, yeah. it was Bad Time Records. Oh yeah, you know, like they they were very vital in the putting together of this this reunion, and they understood uh-huh. the importance that I that I understood in trying to get them back together to kind of boost people's spirits a little bit in our community. Yeah, you know? because I feel yeah. like for us in New Jersey, my entire life. Sky has always been very popular in our underground community. And it's always, it didn't matter how popular uh, punk or hardcore was doing or any of that stuff. There was always a prominent, uh, the very, very vibrant ska scene. And just lately, our shows have just been a little lackluster. And it feels like the room's a little half full. And hardcore is doing really, really well in New Jersey. Not that I don't enjoy a lot of that music too, 
but it's just like yeah. way too much focus on one genre. And I, like we've, I know me and Kyle and this podcast has done a lot of our effort to kind of push it a little more towards that, that style only because we feel like it's a lot more fun and a lot more uh, welcoming for for yeah. for new people. Ska shows are just broadly even safer shows, I feel like. You you know, people aren't like really going to nuts it, and pits. It's it's safer in the in the sense of selling it to the venue. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, Well, it's also the people, you know. I've I've left venues just because it was like, okay, well my head's clear going to get fucking taken off, so I got to split. I've like, been to every show in the world. I feel like people are ignorant everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> Right. You know, like it's not, it's not, I don't want, I would never pick on one genre over another. They all have their own issues. Right. Uh, it's a, it's about focusing on them. Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. for me at least. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think you put it great there. I really, really um, think that you couldn't have put it better with, with saying how bad time is so crucial yeah. uh, right yeah. now. Uh, and I couldn't, uh, they, their help in this project, I couldn't have uh, appreciated more. Just like I appreciate you taking the time to do this interview. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, is there anything else you would like to like shout out or any other like things you want to discuss before we like wrap it up today? Um, not any that I can think of. Just hopefully, if anyone's listening to this, uh, that if they have not checked out Bad Time Records, uh, just go check out their whole roster. Every band, every band that they put out is not only incredible. But they're very, they're very much hyper focusing on what I think are the bands that are most likely to really cause some, you know, waves to form right. out of the ripples. Because there's there's so many bands that are really good, and like so good, but then they they just stop. And it's like yeah. we need bands that are gonna keep going. Like it's gonna suck at the beginning, and I get it. It sucks. I mean, trust me, I've been doing this for so long. We're the Union's been a band since 2005. Like it wow. really sucks when you feel like you're plateauing. And it feels like your your own scene isn't supporting you because you keep doing stuff and no one cares. But like, but this is this is the part where the bands need to keep going and the people need to start caring. You know, like yeah. that's the that's the one thing that's missing. So, and I, I think that time is kind of like getting all that together and putting in a nice package with the bow on top. And like, this is what the genre has to offer today. Right. Yeah, that it, I don't think you could have put it any uh, better. I really I cannot thank you enough. For really? taking the time to to reach out to us and like take take out of your busy schedule and do this interview for forty five minutes, yeah. and uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, what is it? We're just gonna wrap it up here. Uh, thank you again, guys. Go check out Scott Two Network on all social media platforms, and uh, thank you again for doing this. Um, what is it? Anything else, Kyle? Just yeah, really. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, thanks everyone for listening, and hopefully. 2020 is a year where Sky's like, oh shit, yeah, I know about Sky, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. 2020, I want to be the year that when people ask about what where Scott is, they say Kill Lincoln and they say Catbite and they say bands that formed less than 20 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's the that's, a, that's definitely. the best way to put it. Thank you. That's a good way to put it, end it out. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Listen, uh, check out for more updates and more episodes. We'll check you out next time. Peace. Later.